This evening's Dharma talk is titled, Recede, Drop Back. As I sometimes say, when one is dealing with any kind of difficulty, passion, aggression, ignorance, any kind of confusion, you know, sometimes, what, what can you do? What can I do about it? But and, uh, sometimes I will say, let's move back a quarter of an inch, just to use that kind of a metaphor. It's just, if you can, just a little bit. Recede. The, the, the Indian sage of the last century, I think it was Ramana Maharshi, it could have been Nisargadatta Maharaj, which doesn't make any difference, one of the two, said, uh, um, go back the way you came. So what, what do you mean by that? Go back. I would say recede. Go back. Look, look, at, look, at your, look at your situation. How would you return? The title of a book by Kadiguri Roshi, uh, someone who came from, over from, from Japan, a Zen master, on the invitation of Suzuki Roshi in, 19, in the 1960s. I don't know if he wrote more than one book, but one of his uh, collection of his talks uh, was called Returning to Silence. I've not read it. Probably a good book. But I do like the title. I often read book titles. You've probably heard me say, and I'm not joking about this either, that if you, if, if you can read the title of a book, you don't have to read the book. Nah, that's not right, is it? So all language misses the point, even though if one understands what the point is, what the basic point is, uh, it's very difficult to point to the point. It's very difficult to point to the basic point. Most of the activity in the world is, is operating on a false basis, the basis that things are separate and we somehow can have control, we can get control, we can make this happen, stop this, start that, join this, stay away from that. Relative truth happening all the time. It's like an extremely large pool table. This bounces off that, bounces off that. Somebody does this, then that happens, and that happens. It's an endless situation. So what can you, what can you do about that? Recede. Just drop back. You'll find out what that is. In a sense, when you, uh, when you step away from your everyday commotion, sometimes we call it, it's called making lunch, when we step away from our Going, doing this, getting that, errands, errands, errands. We have all kinds of errands to run. We, and come into the, in this case, into the Zendo, in the monastery, we sit down and you could say we're going to recede from that everyday activity, whole still. And that's a, a kind of drawing back, dropping back out of the ongoing milieu of act, uh, passion, aggression, ignorance, action, pushing, pulling, moving, this way and that. And in this way, we begin to see more deeply the fundamental nature of what this whole situation is about. We, begin, we begin to see that it's not separate, that all of the apparent separations that are happening everywhere, everything moving from our thought patterns to people on the street are not separate. Everything is, as the Buddha said, and I've said many times, everything is dependently arisen. This is the, one of the basic teachings of the Buddha early on. Pratitya Samutpada, it's the Sanskrit, I think, for that. Unless it's incorrect and it's the Sanskrit script or something else, which might be not too concerned about being right. I think one time I, I said there were 750 billion people in the world, just for the hell of it. And my my youngest son corrected me. He was sitting right over there. Do you remember that? You remember that. No, I was wrong. <clears throat> I was just guessing. And I, if I had been really an ass, I would have said, did you count them? You're just taking somebody else's word for it. We really don't know how many bugs there are in the world. 
but people are always telling us there are this many billions of, and, and you, have you ever noticed about the, the surveys they take? And you've noticed that no one ever asks you. <laughs> Seem a little suspicious. I mean, even a little bit. You would think out of every forty or fifty surveys that they might get around to asking you at least one of your neighbors. Has anybody ever been asked? Usually, you, if you're asked, quite often you'll say, "Well, I think that's none of your business. Whether I'm going to vote for Jupiter or Venus." So, recede is the idea. Uh, if you can understand that, it's it's not a, it's not. A, Completely thorough, uh, thoroughly, is thoroughly a word? Yeah. Thor thoroughly accurate. But it's the closest I can come to that kind of uh, an attitude of just dropping back. You don't want to go too far back because then we're going back into ignorance or we're going back into um, running away. So, but the, the next time you have any kind of intense emotions about anything, whatever the story may be, that's, that's a Dharma gate for you. That is a Dharma gate, meaning that is an opening to the truth, the fundamental truth about your life, who you are, what this is. If you find out who that is, what this is, who you are, uh, all the warfare is over with. Even if there's a war going on right next to you, no more struggle, conflict with anything. It doesn't mean that you're not part of something. If you're in a family where two people are fighting, or in a community where people, or in a world, or in a country, or a city where there's difficulty, of course, you're not separate from that. Uh, but you may spend more time just watching it rather than uh, putting in your two cents worth. So you could say, whenever anything happens, anything occurs in your own psyche, your mind, your consciousness, whatever is occurring, positive, negative, or neutral, but just just, just, just take neut or, uh, negative, make no comment, recede, just it comes up, Recede. Uh, the example I used, I think, was in book study where I was saying you see someone uh, uh, coming down the street and they have a sweater on that looks like a sweater you have. And you, you recognize that. Somebody else comes down the street and you they have a sweater on that you don't have. It doesn't look like your sweater. You recognize that. No comment. There's nothing else to be said about that. No comment. Those are, those are, the, are not separate from each other. Sandokai. The equality of sameness and difference. There's a difference, but it's very, very teensy-weensy. What triggers the comment? Fear. Fundamentally, it's fear of the open space, the open dimension in which the ego has been uh, is showing up and connected with this body. Belief that there's a solid being here, body and mind, that is, uh, that is still uh, defending itself, still promoting itself. So basically, it's fear. It might not be recognized as fear. It's not like uh, the fear of running from a polar bear, but it's but it's the kind of low-level fear that causes us to just comment on something, to cover it up with our ideas, our opinions, our explanation, and our elaborations. More, Michael wanted to recognize, like for instance, the example of having the same sweater as someone who you just saw. Is that a thought? Probably. But it's the elaboration that may, that starts to cover it with something, so it seems like a, a, another some kind of a goes into your story about yourself and who you are and your sweaters and, and on and on. It's a very mundane, ordinary thing. You've had this happen. Don't <laughs> 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 you? When something arises, feel that impulse to make a comment on it via a conversation with someone else. We start to go into that conversation, proceed as you've already given into that impulse. 
So what you can do is if you're already there and you're already conversing and there's a give and take, uh, kind of hard to just drop out of sight since you've already been connected with that situation. But one of the things you can do is you can include all the things that we, uh, all of us, normally exclude when we're in a conversation. How the body feels, how your clothing feels, the colors of things, the sound of things, the smell of things, all the other things that are coming through the other sense fields other than the thinking process. So you don't have to shut down the thinking process, but just include. You can you can you don't have to do it by some kind of a um, energy uh, or a struggle. You can just flash on it. You're you're talking. You're listening to what they're saying, and uh, and then you just flash on the weight of your body on the chair, the cushion, or your feet. Uh, sometimes you can even activate your body somewhat and be aware of it. Just move your hands so much, but put all of your awareness on that movement. And, and don't ignore what's being said, but put the focus on your own body. You follow me? You're missing something. I can see it. What is it? It just softens everything up so that there isn't so much emphasis on success and failure and loss and being right, being wrong. It just takes the self-centeredness. It takes the self-centeredness and just uh, uh, kind of uh, reveals that it's uh, something that is unraveling all the time. And we're always patching that up with our thoughts and our ideas. There isn't anyone here. <laughs> there really is not anyone here. Realize it. Don't think about it. Realize it. Don't give up. You're a young person. You have a long time ahead of you, more than likely. So just kind of just flashing on that. You haven't, you haven't, if you try to pull yourself away from it, then we're back into some kind of a, a tension or struggle or, or something. So just include the rest of your world. All, there's so many things happening all the time. The sound of the person's voice is sometimes enough. Watching if someone is talking to you and they're doing a lot of talking, watch the gaps between their words. And notice that the pitch of their voice goes up or down. And quite often the ego point of view on this is that, oh, I'm starting to miss something. I'm not getting what they're saying. You're not going to miss anything. And if you do miss, you could say, what was that? And they could say, well, I just told you. Well, tell me again. I'm a little slow. There's no failure anywhere. There's the illusion of failing. There's the illusion of this, the illusion of that. Everything is, as it says in the thing you've been studying with Bruce on Fridays, the great perfection of Longchen Rabjan. Nothing is threatened. Everything is perfect. You, you can realize that while, you're, while this body is alive. And if that occurs, you're fearless. That doesn't mean you're, you're going to walk in front of traffic. But there's no longer, and it doesn't mean you can't be frightened or shocked or surprised. Of course you can. Still, sense fields are still operating, but there's no ongoing threat. And there's no, no clinging to the idea of perfection. That's a teaching device, fundamentally. The whole idea of perfect and imperfect is what's beside the point. More? Don't do anything unless you have to. He chuckled. Further questions since we're there? Joka. What's being received when you're listening to someone and you may no longer understand or follow what they're saying? What's being received? Just everything. The understanding about something is, uh, is an addition. It's an interpretation of what's been said. If you really understand what's, what somebody is saying, it won't necessarily be in the form of information. Do responses still arise that are coherent with that? They're, they're, yeah, but the way in which they're coherent is not particularly comfortable for the ego because the ego wants to know ahead of time what it's going to say. And the wisdom mind uh, doesn't really give a one of those bad words. It doesn't, really, it doesn't care because it's not what is important is just the presence, just 
what's important is just this, just this, not separate. So therefore, the there's just a, there's just a, a there's a question, and then there's a response to it, and you don't necessarily, and that could be just I don't know, or it could be uh, the fundamental nature of reality is blah blah blah, blah. bunch of things you're saying. I don't particularly think if I thought if I thought I couldn't even do this, I'm scared to death to come up here and act like I know stuff. Actually, I'm not acting like I know stuff, but you guys. Use guys uh, project onto me that I know stuff, so take advantage of it. Yes. What is the function of somebody teaching if it's not about right or wrong? Well, it could be if you're if you're doing uh, carpentry or something, then of course there's going to be a right and a wrong. Relatively speaking, there's going to be something that is measured correctly or incorrectly. You know, I just cut a piece of wood and it doesn't fit, or I didn't cut it short enough, or, or I cut it too short. Now I've got to go and buy more lumber. So those kinds of things are, you could say, are right and wrong. Uh, so, so that does function, but it's not a, it's not an element that we particularly have to focus on. So I'm not sure if there's a deeper part to your question. So in that um, example, is is there a rightness or a wrongness for someone who's functioning as a teacher? Well, there could be. I mean, if I said uh, relative truth was a uh, a Paramartha Satya, that's incorrect. It's Samvriti Satya. So I would be incorrect. So relatively, there's there's that kind of... Or if I said that, you know, if I told you, you should meditate, I promise you, you'll feel better. That would be incorrect. I would be lying. Because I can't promise you anything. And it would be more like a sales pitch. So that would be... So functioning as a teacher, my job, your job, if you're teaching or anyone, to actually help some someone is don't meddle with them. Don't interrupt anyone's karma and don't talk to anybody who's not ready to hear this teaching. It's not, we're not talking about the, what the, the other, the image of uh, pearls before swine. That's going a little bit too far. But we're just saying that basically you're not really helping someone if they're not really ready to hear this because they'll take what you're saying and they'll convert it into some, some kind of opinions around it. And then they'll never listen again because they'll think, they'll think they know what it is. And they'll never really be open to it. And then if they meet somebody that actually is a true teacher, which you probably weren't, then they'll be shut down on it because they'll think they've heard that before. It's like the uh, when I was a sign maker, it's like the if you put a sign up and you're not really clear what that sign is, somebody drives by in a car and it says, uh, uh, it says uh, uh, it's supposed to say uh, pet food. Uh, but instead you look at it and you drive by and you look at it and you, because the sign is not done to, for clarity and has done more for somebody's uh, self-centeredness, uh, instead of really trying to be clear, they, they've mixed something else in with it. Like sometimes the, the lettering is too fancy or too something or other. Or they just haven't really thought it through in, in terms of what's really going to work. And instead you read that and you think it's a, a hair salon. Then you'll continue to drive another 30 miles to buy pet food. <laughs> and you'll do it over and over. You'll never look at that sign again because you know that's a hair salon. So in other words, don't don't teach. Don't teach unless you have to. If you have to, then it's probably your, because you understand what teaching is and you know that it's necessary to meet people where they're at. I had two teachers who were very good at that. Uh, I, they get all the credit for anything that comes out of this uh, situation. Yes? If you're speaking with someone, you see that they've misunderstood what you said. It's an impulse to correct that. Well, it would depend on what the situation was. There's a lot of variables in there. So if they seem to be open to that, if they think they would hear you or listen, 
or if you had a, you could see where, you know, what, what you're thinking I said there is not exactly what I was saying. And then there might be an opening to do that more. Using ADFR. Mm -hmm. In there, you, you, you have the permission. I mean, you have, it's a, it's a whole environment of talking with people who are, uh, who are trying to overcome addictions. And in that situation, it's still kind of individual, but you, you can inter interact with the person. Uh, can you give me an example of what they would misunderstand? Yeah, so uh, I'll invent something then. Uh, they think they have to be a certain way. They think that by meditating, that must mean that they have to be able to, uh, should be working in a certain way. And you can tell them, no, the holding still and sitting down with all your senses open and observing is about finding out who you are. And who you are may be... Your mind may be wild and crazy. The person next to you, their mind may settle down immediately. And the next person uh, may just be worried about their knee hurting. And the next person is chuckling because it seems so funny to sit down and look at a wall. It's not, uh, you can even talk, say that ahead of time. So we're going to be sitting a little while. And uh, and whatever arises is your, if you want to do this correctly, speaking about correct and incorrect, because that's what they're going to relate to. If you want to do this correctly as a meditation instructor, then all you, all your only job is to hold still, and that doesn't mean rigid. It just means you know you. Some people can hold extremely still, and some people uh, need to kind of move a little bit or shift. And so be be very very definite about it, Robert. I would, I, I have a little bit of uh, answer to that. Um, like with breathing, you know, I'm you know I've I've been around a little bit of a, a temple here too, and. Uh, so my first thought was to breathe a specific way uh, and to just count uh, the sounds of the breath or be with mm -hmm. one with the breath. So um, I understand what she is saying in regards there because when I get... Do you have a question? Uh, yes, I do. What exactly are how we are to breathe? Just observe the breath. Okay. If it's anything is mo uh, anything is moving is fair game. Your thoughts, you can watch those. The breath is coming and going. You can just watch the breath come and go if you want to. Right. It's up to you. But there's no there's no specific thing you're supposed to do other than hold very still. So if you're what you can spend the whole 10, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is, watching the breath, that would be fine. Nothing to correct. I mean, if a person gets up and leaves, then that's incorrect. You should have stayed there. <laughs> Or not? Maybe they not not their uh, cup of uh, margarine. Yes. Um, Shoto has a question. He asks. I know him. Isn't he up in? Is that guy sort with a sore foot? He asks. Is there self-centeredness in the other senses besides the mind? Not actually. The other senses are are always on received, and they are modified or modulated with the thought patterns. So. Uh, thought path, the uh, thinking process also receives, but that that's the area that is highly active. Whereas uh, seeing is just you just receive colors, shapes, but then the the thinking process comments on it, classifies it, qualifies it, and so on. But uh, seeing in itself, uh, if if you uh, if you are just hearing, just seeing, just smelling, just tasting, without any comment from the mind, this is how liberation shows up. No, it's proof of nothing. Yes. Uh, Shane now in Texas has yes. a question. Uh, does fear interfere with the path? And then he asks, how do you not, <laughs> and he's got the word interfere, and then in parentheses, enter hyphen fear. What? 
does fear, <laughs> F-E-A-R, interfere, I-N-T-E-R-F-E-R-E, with the path? Does fear interfere with the path? Well, yeah, it can throw you off. It can, if you have fear, you can stop practicing. And so, and everyone's path is different. Some people just can't help but do this. And some, some people have to have to go off in a different direction or do something else. So, and, and the, the culprit, if you want to be direct about it, to blame something is fear. But how we relate to fear is what's important, not getting rid of fear. It's, we need to actually feel that fear. You need to actually be afraid. That's what's arising, and, and not do anything about it, because nothing lasts. Even fear, if it comes up, it gives the illusion of lasting if you push on it, or if you pull on it, or if you explain it, or if you ignore it. But if you don't do anything with it, it just it just does whatever it does, and then it drops away. It just might not drop away fast enough to suit you. Andrew from Grand Rapids asks, how does fear relate to suffering and ignorance? So it's kind of a wide spectrum there. Um, ignorance is ignoring uh, what is uh, ignoring the fear, ignoring what seems to be triggering the fear, and uh, and the suffering part is is being at the mercy of that. Is being you can only skirt that or stay away from that so long, and then it becomes the that's why they call it samsara. This world of uh, of the that is spinning in terms of success and failure and winning and losing and. Uh, getting something and losing something and happiness and sadness and all the other polarities that we keep trying to go for the positive end and keep away the negative end, uh, go for the pleasure and avoid the, uh, the suffering part of it. But I don't know if there's a, if, uh, Andrew, if you have a specific question about it, it just relates to it, just part of that whole thing. Fear is, is the reaction uh, that comes up when it feels like the self-centeredness, which is an illusion, is threatened. As has been said in uh, different traditions, what is real is not threatened. Find out what's real. Don't settle. Find out Find out who you actually are. It's called transcendence. And what do you transcend? Everything. And what does that mean? Nothing changes. If you think there's something else, you'll suffer. There's only this. And if you believe that, that's a misunderstanding. What? That's my job to say. <laughs> <laughs> if you believe what I'm saying, it's a misunderstanding. Don't grasp anything. If you disbelieve it, don't reject anything. Don't, don't do anything with anything. Less is better. This is what the sitting practice of meditation trains us to do, to just uh, be here. And when things start to come up, recede. Just drop back. We're not, you're not giving up. We're not running away. We're just, we're just going to, as uh, Ramana said, go back the way you came. That's a kind of a cryptic statement. But if there's something to that, you can, you can taste it. You can feel that. Go back where you came, the way you came. Uh, what's the difference between um, grasping the, uh, that what you just said and understanding it? Understanding is uh, borders on not understanding. Uh, grasping is uh, you have a pretty tight, tight grip on it. So you're, the understanding, uh, there's a lot of room around that. So it could be it could be fluctuating and changing with what, whatever is happening. So there's no, you're not making any demand on anything. There's like, I gotta understand this. I have to understand it. I have to understand it on my terms. So it's a little bit more open dimension happening there with less uh, fixation. Juju. When you say hope someone go back the way mm-hmm. that they end up sending it around and backwards mm-hmm. or anything, seems ignorance too. So how is, mm-hmm. or is it ignorance? Not if you're aware of it. Ignorance is when you're not aware. 
So ignorance, and that would be based on, on fear or trying to avoid or something like that. And when we're saying go back, we're saying with your awareness, look at the entire situation and see if you can just recede a little bit. That's why I would use that word rather than, I was quoting someone. So, but that, that also is valid too. That may, for someone who's practicing meditation, who's someone who's training their mind to see clearly that idea of uh, go back the way you came. You know, it might, it might, you might see that there, there is kind of a journey you've been on that you could actually uh, go back. You might have left some of your innocence uh, somewhere along the path. How do we bring awareness with us? You go back or you see. Uh, your awareness will all, well, you can't lose it. Robert? Is it the same as just pausing and just kind of thinking about what is being said? Maybe. Some of that could happen. Contemplating. I'm sitting up here talking, and I do this a couple times a week. So I would say contemplate what I'm saying. Uh, we do, what, eight book studies a week, and I talk at the end of everyone's. So I'm, I'm quite a chatterbox about everything, albeit I'm always saying this is things that kind of cancel out what I just said 10 minutes ago. And what, what is that about? I'm, I'm, I am trying to encourage you to see with your awareness, not just with your thinking process. At the same time, we're not throwing the thinking process out. But the idea is to, it's kind of like a reprioritization of the awareness where there's a willingness to be aware ahead of the thinking process. So the thinking process is in line and is at the service of the awareness rather than the other way around. Where uh, the other way around, there's a lot of paranoia and manipulation going on. If you have to think everything, plan everything out, and nothing can, nothing can go wrong, the way you know it's a plan is it fails. All plans. If you, if you don't, well, you have to change them then because you planned to do this, but then this didn't work. That person didn't show up, so you, that plan's gone. They were going to bring the dessert. And I got to go buy some dessert or, or get Uno to make some. Pie would be good. Tomorrow? Is tomorrow that one holiday? No. Pie? Okay. David. What is it to receive from misunderstanding? What? <laughs> Some kind of sticky misunderstanding. What is it to receive from that? So when you see that you're misunderstanding, there's a grasping there that's trying to get something. That's a very good question because that's that would the idea of recede would, would apply. Go back into to do, do the image very the metaphor very literally, go back into the not knowing rather than go into the area where you're misunderstanding, because then you're you're kind of on a trail. Uh, of, of trying to get something, trying to, you know, uh, like a detective. And I would say there's nothing wrong with being a detective, but uh, recede. It's it's almost like, uh, and I say almost because I mean that, it's almost like go back and re go through that whole situation again. Not rethink it, but recede, and then you might start to come forward again because of your interest, curiosity about what this is about. But go back and start over. This is what you're doing every time uh, you sit. This is why Suzuki Roshi... Uh, and they titled a book of his talks, uh, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. Always a beginner. And the, 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 the beginner's mind is, uh, is to someone who has receded from all of their gathered knowledge about meditation or about anything. They, they, they're, they're a beginner. They just, we're going to just start this over again. Sit down. Sit down. Eventually, you won't go anywhere. There isn't any, but anything but this. There isn't anywhere but this. Our mind takes us in all kinds of excursions all over the place. And we're so identified with this body-mind complex as being us that we want to protect this. Like when you're looking in the mirror and you're combing your hair. 
<laughs> now, Robert can't do that. <laughs> Silka can't do that. David can't. That was the 70s. The 70s, huh? Well, that's... Our 50s. Yeah, but I used to have a big duck tail in the back back in the era before rock and roll. Yes, sir, Robert. Is, is the same as um, misunderstood it being as it is? Say that again. Is the is the answer the same as being misunderstood? Could be. Could be that whole area idea of the whole area of right and wrong is uh, it's uh, would be a good idea uh, as a practitioner to. Stay in the middle of things rather than grasp onto the right, uh, correct, and grasp onto incorrect. To just allow yourself to kind of not know what's going on for longer periods of time. This is what we're doing when we're sitting. Anybody who's uh, sat for any length of time in here or any wherever you're sitting at knows that uh, a lot of the feeling of being there is to not know what this is about or not even someone who sat for a long period of time may have doubts about why they're sitting and rather than go to the why question, go to the what question. What is this? Sit down, hold still, look at the wall. What is this? What, what is consciousness? What is a thought? Other questions? Yes. Uh, Shoto has another question. Uh, he asks, can we get back our innocence? <laughs> so, yes, I did use that word. Um, it's not that you couldn't on some level, but uh, I think it's more about See about being more open about where you're at right now and having rather than going some kind of a uh, you know a retardation going on uh, going going back or reverse it's the recede that's why we don't say go all the way back um, even though and if you if you go back go go the way you came you don't have to go very far it isn't like going back to some kind of innocent state it's just uh, there's some something that allows the energy to back out of the grasping at existence, grasping, I'm here and I need to do this and I'm here and I need to protect this and I'm here, this constant elaboration that goes on in our minds about who we are, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, what somebody said, what they shouldn't have said about what we thought, what we thought about and they didn't understand what we thought or what we said, so we need to go and tell them about it or the constant circularity of ideas and opinions and right and wrong. And so we're just saying, you see, not so much go back into some kind of state of innocence particularly, though it, 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 could, it could have a quality of that, but it's not exactly uh, like not but forgetting everything you've learned. It's, it's seeing everything you've learned in a different context. And what is that context? Not separate. Yes. We're in a situation threatened, but looking at the situation relatively, there's obviously nothing mm -hmm. threatening us. Yes. Um, where is that feeling of threatening from? Thinking those are two different things. We've added on to it. The simple metaphor in the teachings is uh, uh, pain and pleasure are two aspects of the same thing. It's feeling. And the example I sometimes say is that the same nerve endings that uh, a feather goes over your hand is the same nerve endings as, a, as a, uh, an iron spike going over your hand. Same nerve endings. Pleasure is a feather. And pain is how do we see that Keep looking at them without adding, no math. Keep looking at the pain. When it's painful, it's just painful. When it's a blue sweater, just a blue sweater. It's not, it looks just like my blue sweater that's in the closet that I need to take to the dry cleaners. Except that my, theirs is, they're wearing it backwards. All the, all the elaboration additions we put on to everything. 
just you could say pain or you could or you could say fear but uh, less is better you could even play with sometimes i somewhat jokingly but a little bit seriously you could also rename what's happening and notice how the, what you've been calling depression you know call it uh, uh waldorf salad i mean seriously do that you don't have to tell anybody about it and they come and lock you up <laughs> Which might not be bad. I've heard it's pretty nice being locked up these days. Is that true, Shoka? Depends on where you get locked up. How about that place that you own where they lock people up? Skywood? Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> so, anyway, lockup is not so good. As we know about people in prisons, that's not such a good place for people to be. Yes? Shane uh, has mm -hmm. another question. Yes. Is there anything to be afraid of? No. What is it to recede from being helpful? So the idea of, of being helpful is, is it can be a little fishy because sometimes we're, we're wanting to be helpful, not because we really want to help somebody, we have a really fundamental desire, wish to be help all, save all beings, be of help, but we want to be, we're tired of being a person who's, uh, who's uh, self-centered and, and so on. So one of the ways we can get out of that is to start helping others. Uh, it's not that that's not such a bad idea, but quite often we'll do it at the expense of the others. In other words, we do things for them they don't want done. They're not interested in your stupid help. They didn't want their lawn mowed that way. More? I know I haven't answered your question, so that's why I'm asking if there's more. So rece receding from that is to just be clear about it. And if you're clear and you're, you don't have a big agenda about being right or not being wrong or avoiding anything, and you're clear, you just you really have a, a, a profound curiosity about what's actually happening here. What is this? Then there's a, a good chance, especially if you've been meditating for a number of years, which you have, that uh, there's a, a natural equanimity or balance that can happen where you actually do help someone somewhat, but not without their permission. You're not meddling with them. That's why you won't, I don't say you won't ever, but you not too likely you'll somebody who practices uh, Buddhism is going to try to convert anybody. Maybe a little bit. There's a couple of schools of Buddhism where they proselytize a little bit, but we don't do that here. We uh, we know, I know, you know how hard this is. And even though you can see where it might help somebody to meditate, unless they ask about it, or you or you can detect that they're somehow open to to things that you're interested in. You know, they might say, "Why well, you're meditating? So how's that going for you?" You'd say, "Well." Uh, let me send you three or four dozen books on meditation. Where do I send them to? <laughs> and not that this is wrong. Not that not that you you shouldn't. Uh, not that you shouldn't extend yourself in that way. That was in some situations it's totally appropriate to even um, you know sort of recommend that to someone. Uh, someone uh, you know and and, uh, uh, and this is why I ta uh, go into uh, drug rehab situations, prison situations. Uh, and and uh, teach uh, students to do that so we can cover more area and we can get more done in that way is because there might be somebody there who really wants to hear about this. So if you were to, it might be the very thing they need to, to do, but we're not in there to promise anything or promote anything. And we trust the intelligence of anyone who is taking a look at this to say, well, I, I think I'll proceed with this. I'm going to to do this. So we've had lots of people kind of stay with it and lots of people check it out and Never hear from them again. And they might be still meditating. We don't know. So we meet people where they're at. Try to. Yes, sir. So then if someone offers us, how we receive or should we receive? 
Maybe not. It's their offer. It depends on what it is. It's very situational, very conditional. But what I'm what I'm endeavoring to promote or put forth or recommend or suggest by recede is that that you could where, whatever you're involved in. It's not like you stop doing what you're doing, but just it's it's difficult to talk about it because it's it's like something you do, and you it's, it's not like something you do. But it's a, it's the idea of just step back from your activities a little bit without without stopping the activity. You're already doing that when you set, uh, you meditate. You come in here and you sit down, you hold still for two or three hours. You're receding. But then in your your post meditation or when you're up off the cushion, uh, you're wandering around in the in the either in the monastery or in, in your work environment or wherever you're at. And uh, so you could, even though you're involved in the whole thing, you could recede slightly. And one of the ways you can recede uh, is to just notice the fundamental nature of everything. So just the color of something, just the shape of something, without even calling it a square, without even calling it a couch. No naming, but just recede slightly from the, the, the conceptual part. You're actually working on the fourth skanda, uh, feeling, perception, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness. You're, you're taking some of the energy away from that naming area that keeps establishing a me that seems like an ongoing living being who can be threatened or who can be rewarded. There isn't anyone. I'm not saying that you have nerve endings. So I'm not saying it wouldn't hurt. I'm not saying you don't, you're not here. This is what the Buddha taught. Life is suffering. His very first words out of his mouth that we know of is life is suffering. So he was acknowledging our nerve endings. Life is suffering. We all know this. We go through some kind of pain every day, even if it's only, um, you know, a migraine. And I don't mean to min minimize migraines, but it's just pain, pain, pleasure, pain, pleasure. Very interesting area to, to look into without adding anything to it, just go to just the experience of it rather than how to get rid of it, who's causing it, how I can, how I can stop this from happening, or why is this happening to me? I've been such a wonderful person. I know I've answered three questions you didn't have, but I know you'll give me a break. Yes, Shoka. Um, kind of going along with David's question about being helpful. Yes. How do you function in a, an environment where there's like a, a pressure to like at your job, just middle way, just not too tight, not too loose. Just do the best you can. I mean, fulfill what you're being hired to do as, as far as you can. But spend a lot of time just watching, observing, and receiving. And at the same time, go and uh, give someone their meds or, or stop someone from hurting. I mean, you're in an environment where people are having a lot of trouble mentally and emotionally. So just, you know, a little bit without, without overdoing it too much. Fulfill what your job is... Uh, what they're paying you for. Is there some other aspect of that question that I'm missing? Um, I just think one of the things that they kind of push people to doing eventually is, is sitting down and teaching them. Yeah. See you, Robert. Mm -hmm. It's like certain belief systems yes. around addiction. Okay. And uh, that whole area makes me pretty uncomfortable, so I try not to go there. Yeah. Okay. So don't go there. And so they're trying to get you to teach somebody about addiction? They try to get the title of my position, the RAs. They try and mm -hmm. eventually move you into a direction of team classes. Uh -huh. and they can be about depression or they can be about anger management. Yeah. Or Have you been trained to do that? No. Well, then you can just say, I haven't been trained to do that. So do it rather than trying to get you to do something you have, don't have any training in. And you could also... Uh, um, 
you could begin to study that in, in our situation here, for, which I think I've recommended already, to, so that you should be doing some of that. So that, that way that you could possibly uh, um, teach, teach uh, uh, an awareness practice. And there's different ways of doing that. We can we can talk about it at some point because you, as you're in a very specific, controlled, confined situation, have some ideas. So if they're asking you to do that, then I definitely have some ideas we can talk about later. Okay. Are we at the end of our? Any other final questions? Yes, David. Um, sometimes you say what you're looking for is what you're looking at. Yes. Is that also what you receive? Yes, because if you look right at what's in front of you, you recede from your ideas about it. You, you, it's, it's possible to look at something and not know what it is. It's possible to hear something and not know what you're hearing. It's just a, it's just a slight movement. And it's, a, um, and, and when you, we read in, uh, what is it? The, the, is the Hokez on my hair's breadth deviation? Uh, hair's breadth deviation means going from consciousness only, perception only, into your ideas about it. That's what they're, that's what, uh, Dong Shan Lian Chi or Tozan Rokia is, uh, talking about there so it's just this yes if we're ever actually functioning out of perception only will we even know it not necessarily but you won't mind so not necessarily you won't have some kind of an ongoing credential saying yep 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 you got it <laughs> right on yeah keep going keep going <laughs> really good perception only no, there won't be any validation coming, but but you're because you'll be functioning in that way of uh, the the no, no fastening on an object, no fastening on a subject, me and that. There's no then. There's just this. There's just a perception, and you, 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 the knowing and not knowing part of it it may show up. You may kind of notice that you're no longer at war with anything. That even warfare can't seduce you into warfare anymore. Interesting thing about that is there are times because of causes and conditions, because you're no longer uh, concerned with maintaining anything, and because you're still a living being, your own karma may draw you into things that other people, other realized beings, say if you're realized and someone else is realized, that they may never go into any kind of negativity anymore. And you, because of your karma, you still may be pulled into negativity and back and forth and back and forth, like my, uh, my first teacher was. He was a he was a, he was a, a Mahasiddha. He was an enlightened sage, but he has really difficult karma to deal with, along with his realization. For instance, his car wreck, where he, his whole uh, left side was paralyzed, so he had difficulty. So that may come and go, but by but by that time, is a way of saying it. There's no grasping at itself. There's no so there's no. You don't mind. It's not that you like having your nerve endings abraded. But you, you you know that it's totally uh, totally appropriate because your the consciousness is still has been downloaded into this uh, uh, organism could call a human being. But that's this isn't who you are. We are not humans, nor are we not humans. We're neither humans nor not humans. Is that right? That's what huh? That's what you say. I did say that. So, further question. I'd like to remind everybody again about the donation boxes in the hallway. We also receive donations via PayPal.